thankful that Jesus came and he died. And he died for your sins and he gives you forgiveness. And he's there whenever you're called. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 26. I'm going to start at verse 15. Then I'm going to go to verse 18. It says, Now, somebody's saying now. When, now, all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham, his father, the Philistine stopped up by filling them with earth. Verse 18. Then, say then, then, then Isaac dug again the wells of water which had been dug in the days of his father Abraham. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham, and he gave them the same names which his father had given them. Heavenly Father, I pray now that you would bless our time in your word, that your Holy Spirit would speak to us, God, and that we would leave here having experienced a real encounter with you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. If you know me, you know I don't like to wait. I don't like to wait on anything. And yet I'm usually the one who's late to everything. I don't know if it's just me feeling like I have every right to be late, but no one else does. I don't like to wait. I remember my kids this past week, they were showing me a video on our TV, and it was through YouTube. Halfway through the video, an ad came on. And I just didn't know what was happening at that moment. So wait a minute, why'd the video stop? I said, Dad, we got ads in the videos. I said, no, 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 wait. There shouldn't be any ads. What are you talking about? Every time I get on my YouTube, there are no ads. I said, well, Dad, that's because you pay $5 a month for YouTube Red. So you don't get any commercials, but we, we get commercials. Now, I felt really bad for them, but I didn't pay for five, that $5 for them to get YouTube Red. I didn't do it. I felt it in my soul. Maybe I should, but I didn't. Let them wait. Let them suffer a little bit. But me, I don't like, I don't like to wait. Have you ever been to a restaurant, and before you agree to sit down and give your order, you say, how long is the wait? Is it 10 minutes? Is it 20? If, if it's 30, I don't know if I'm going to stay. Anything under 30, I may stay there and try your food. But anything over 30, I, I don't know that I'm going to stay because I don't like to wait. And if you've ever asked that question, is because I think deep down inside you don't want to wait either. You don't like to wait. When we're in traffic, we don't like to wait. When the light turns green, 
right, gentlemen? And your significant other wants to remind you that the light is no longer red, but now it's green when it just turned green. Half a second. Am I the only one? Half a second. We don't like to wait. I don't like waiting. I, I struggle with that because I like to cook. And when you cook things, you got to wait. My kids are always telling me when I start cooking, how long, Dad, until the food's ready? Dad, when is the food done? Dad, how much longer until the food is ready? And I always tell them, you have to wait. It's not ready yet. And I thought it would actually help me if I told Alexa to start a timer. I remember. I was like, I'm going to do this dish, and I'm going to start telling Alexa, hey, Alexa, start a timer for 27 minutes. Because whenever you cook something, it'll tell you in the directions how long you have to wait. What I realized is that when my kids would hear that alarm, they anticipated that the food has to be done by now because the, the timer has, has gone off. And they would get even more frustrated with me because I would open up the oven after an hour, I'd pull out the dish, I would check it, and I would see it's not ready. Oh, it, it still needs a little bit more, more time. And my kids have already been anticip anticipating the wait time. And then when the wait time is over, they really want that food to be done. And they're really frustrated because although the timer went off, it's not ready yet. You know, each and every one of us, I think we have internal timers to the amount of time that we're willing to wait to see God move in our lives. I think each and every one of us, whether we like it or not, we've had an internal timer that we set to the time that we want to see God move in our marriages, in our singleness, all my single ladies, in our finances, at our jobs. When I'm going to get that, that raise that I've all, it should only take X amount of, we've all set internal timers. And I wonder if you've had internal timers where you have anticipated God doing the work in your life at a specific time. By this age, I'm going to have the two kids. By this age, I'm going to be in this area in the city with a brand new home. By this age, I'm going to accomplish this. And then, like my kids, you get frustrated because it's not ready yet. God... He isn't contained by our timers. And so many of us want to see God move on our time. And God is looking at us and saying, well, you're not ready yet. What do you do when you're waiting on God? What do you do when you're so frustrated at what's happening in your life and the time is taking for God to give you an answer? What do you do in those moments? when you know that God has made you a promise, when you know that you've been pursuing God's will and still you don't have the results that you want. We all struggle with waiting. Isaac in this chapter, chapter 26, he's waiting. 
He's waiting because even though he knows God's promise for him, even though God has made it very plain to him that he has a promise that he is going to do in and through him, there is a famine in the land. Famine is is a word that we really don't really understand because in our America and where we live, there is very few of us who suffer with a shortage of food. There's food everywhere. Now, whether you have the money to get it is one thing. When there's a famine, that means that there is no supply. There is no grocery store. There is no place you can go. There is no restaurant. There is no place where you can get food. They are in a desperate place, and and Isaac knows that God has a promise for him, but he's going to have to wait. He's going to have to wait. And so the Bible tells us that he he starts traveling throughout the land, trying to find a place where God would direct him to so that he could settle. But in the meantime, he has, he has to wait. Let me tell you what Isaac does. In verse 12, it says that in the moments where he's waiting, the Bible says now in verse 12, Isaac sowed in that land and he reaped in the same year a hundredfold. What does that mean? It means that in that moment, during the waiting time, while Isaac was waiting for God to show him where he was supposed to be, where he was supposed to live and what he would do, the Bible says he didn't stop planting In a time where there was no food, he decided to plant food. And when you plant food, you you plant understanding that you're going to have to wait. There's a scripture in James that says, Now, dear brothers, be patient like the farmer who plants the seed and waits. When we see Isaac, we see a man who knows that God has a promise for him, who is confident in what God has moving forward for himself, but he also has the ability to wait and trust God when things don't look good. And most of us, if we're honest, this is where we don't really identify with people like Isaac because we don't like to wait. And yet here, Isaac, we see that in the moments... Where, where he has to wait, he decides, I might wait a little bit more by planting. It says he planted and then he waited, and we see in the text how long he waited. It says a year. He waited a year, and yet because he was waiting, God miraculously blessed him. And last week, I think I said it, when you're in a temporary place, don't stop trying. When you're in a place that doesn't feel like the end for you, doesn't feel like the culmination or the the fruition of what God is doing for you, you can still try. You can still give effort, and God will bless your effort, and God will bless you just the way you see Isaac here a hundred times. And the Lord blessed him. In verse 13, and he became rich, and he grew richer, and he became very wealthy, and he had possessions of flocks and herds in verse 14 so much so that that what started off as a famine turned into having more than enough and I think that God when he's working with us when he's talking to us when he's encouraging us about our life he he wants us to know that all of this is available for us if we're willing to wait 
And while we're waiting, if we do some of the things that Isaac shows us that he did. Something really funny about Isaac. This is probably the last chapter in the story of Isaac where you see any significant backstory. After this, it's all about his sons, Jacob. We get like one and a half chapters of Isaac. And, and, and before that, we got like 11 chapters of Abraham. And then after this, we, we, we see everything is about Jacob. This one chapter, it, it, you could read it and feel like it's not important, but it's very important. Because it, it teaches us what to do when we're waiting. And here's, here's what you see, starting in verse 15, what Isaac did. It says, now all of the wells... Well, listen, I didn't grow up on a farm, so this is hard for me to understand. I grew up drinking water out of a faucet. Actually, I'm ghetto. We grew up drinking water out of a hose. You know what I'm saying? When it's hot outside and, and you're playing, because back in the day, we would actually go outside. Kids nowadays, they don't go outside. And I feel really old that I just said kids nowadays. We would drink water from a hose, you turn it on, and you have to wait for all the hot water to come out. Because if you, if you were crazy enough to drink it right when it came out, you were going to be burned in your face, and you waited. Listen, all of us, like, we, we, we drank that hose water, and we're fine. We're absolutely fine. And yet now, I won't drink, I won't dare drink sink water. Oh, I won't touch sink water. But I drank from a hose. Here's Isaac, and he's in a well... In this time, if you were to get water, you'd have to dig a well to pull water up from the ground. Here's Isaac, and it says, Now all of the wells which his father's Abraham's servant had dug in the days of Abraham his father, the Philistines stopped up by filling them with earth. So Abraham had lived in this land before, and Abraham had dug wells so that they would have water, because you cannot live without water. You cannot live without water. Listen, have any of you just been like super thirsty? Have any of you have gotten to the end of the day and realized that you haven't drank any water? I know I've been there. It's like 5 o'clock, and I've realized I've had three cups of coffee, an energy drink, and not one glass of water. And the minute you get that cold water and you drink it, your like body celebrates because... You finally have water. Ladies, if you're in a bad mood at 2 p.m., have you drank any water? Have you, have you drank any water? Are you just filled up on Starbucks? I don't know. I saw this meme once. There's this woman, and she's uh, talking to her significant other. She goes, I'm just in a bad mood. And he says, have you drank any water today? So it's like this popular thing. They needed water, but you didn't just have water at the store. You had to dig for it. And it says that the enemies were so angry with Isaac and with Abraham that they filled them with dirt. Listen, here's what I want you to understand about your life and the pursuit of God's promises and what you're going to have to deal with. People who want to stop you from moving forward. It says right here that these Philistines... They didn't want them in the land, so they put dirt in the well so that they could not settle. And maybe you know what it's like to go against some of these kinds of people in your life who they don't have your best interests out. 
for you. Who they would do anything to get you to move away from your position at work. They don't want to see you succeed. And so just like Isaac and Abraham, they're trying to stop you from having any kind of success. That's what's happening here. The, the Philistines don't want him settling in the land. As a matter of fact, it says in verse 13 that they were so jealous of him that they did this. And maybe you've encountered people who are jealous of you who in, and who because of that jealousy have tried to stop you from being successful. This is what Abraham this is what Abraham dealt with and Isaac dealt with. Then the Bible tells us in verse 18 something incredible. It says, even though he had opposition, it says this in verse 18. Then Isaac dug again the wells of water which had been dug in the days of his father Abraham, for the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham, and he gave them the same names which his father had given them. He dug them again. He said, it doesn't matter what people are trying to do to me. I trust God enough to believe that this is where he wants me, so I'm going to dig the wells again. And, and the, the thing about this scripture that's so beautiful, the thing about this scripture is, is not that he dug it again, is that he was willing to reopen what was closed. He was willing to put in effort to reopen what had been closed by enemies. What have we given up on because of other people's attempts to, to shut us down in our walk with Jesus? What has the enemy attacked in your life that you're willing to give up on now? What have you seen very real resistance against that you have abandoned because of resistance? I want to encourage you to be like Isaac and be willing to open them up again. Don't let resistance stop you. Don't let the sign of opposition keep you from trusting that God has you, that he's taking care of you, and that he's for you. Don't let what others say stop the flow of what God wants to give you. Don't let the trouble that surrounds you keep you from trusting God where you're at. It says that the Philistines were trying to force Isaac to move by filling the wells with dirt because they knew I, if I do this, it's going to be difficult for him or even impossible to exist because he's got flocks now. He's got people. He's got servants, and they can't exist without water. And yet the Bible says that he dug it again. He dug it again. How many things in your life have you abandoned that you could go back to now and actually find some life in that? Hey, listen, some of you want to abandon some things that there is still life in. There are things in your life now that you're willing to abandon because you don't believe there's any more life in that. And yet the Bible is telling us that the things that the enemy stops up, we have to consider opening them up again. It says, Isaac dug the wells again. And then it says, and he gave them the same name that his father gave them. Then the Bible says in verse 19, when Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found there a well of flowing water, the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with the herdsmen of Isaac, saying, that water is ours. So he finds water, and then in the midst of finding water, he also comes against problems. He also comes against people who want to take it away. Why is this happening to Isaac? Isn't he God's man? Doesn't God have 
promises for him? He does. But Isaac put himself in this situation. When he left the land that God was calling him to because of the famine, all of this that's happening to Isaac is coming because he left where God was pointing him to. I wonder if you've ever found yourself in your own mess. I wonder if you've ever found yourself in a situation that you brought upon yourself. See, because that every trouble that you have is because of the devil. Some of the problems that we have are because of our dumb decisions. And here is Isaac, and he's in this situation, and he has no one to blame but himself. He's here, and now he has opposition. Isaac left the land that God had for him, and yet now he's got these problems. I'm grateful that I serve a God, because what we see here is that God is still providing for him, even in the desert. I'm grateful that I serve a God who provides for me even when it's my fault. I'm thankful that I serve a God. Here's the good news for you. The same God that Isaac serves who provides for you even when you get yourself in these bad situations. It says that God didn't leave him alone. God still provided for Isaac, even though he got himself in this awful situation. And the Bible says that the Isaac had all of these people giving him issues. He said, the water is ours. The Bible says, so then he leaves, verse 21, and he digs another well. Verse 21, then they dug another well, and they quarreled over it too. Opposition after opposition. I like the name they, they call it, Sitna. I like to make little jokes. I think it's not sitting. I think it's sitna. Sitna. Because where they would find water is where they would settle. So here they have this well and call it sitna. Now I guess we can't sit here with Forrest Gump on them. Can't sit here. Can't be here. No, this is our well. It says that it says that they had to dig another well and they that they still had to fight somebody. They had disappointment. Hey, listen, don't stop digging just because you face disappointment. Bible says that they dug a well in 19, they dug a well in 18, and now they're digging another well in 21. Don't let disappointment stop you from digging. It says that they dug another well in verse 22. Here's the repetition. It's easy. We don't have to get too deep into this. It's a simple, it's a simple scripture to encourage us to keep trying. It's a simple scripture to encourage us that no matter what comes against us, we're going to keep moving forward. That no matter what kind of opposition we face, we're not stopping. No matter what disappointment we face, we're going to keep moving forward. It says that they kept digging wells no matter how big the disappointment. Dig even though you feel like giving up. Trust that God will provide for you even though things are difficult. See, when I look at this, I'm wondering why... What is so important about digging wells? You can't live without water. And if you notice, every time they dig, the water is there. You know what that tells me about God's supply? There's always supply. There's always supply when it comes to our God. What's lacking is our effort. It says, every time they dig, there's water. That means that God 
had the resources already waiting for them. The only thing that was left was their effort. So listen, if you're in a place in your life now where <clears throat> kind of thirsty, it's a little bit dry, I really don't like the way this is feeling, hey, maybe the dryness is on you. Maybe it's because you haven't made the effort to dig. Listen, a couple weeks ago, I was woken up. There was a bunch of noise in my backyard. I opened up the window, and I saw a bunch of men here from this church. They were fixing my fence. My fence blew down because of a storm that happened a couple months ago, and my fence was, all, it was hanging by, by just some rope. We're Mexican. We're just going to put rope on it. We're just going to put rope on it and see what happens. I wake up, and the men of this church are sitting back there putting up a brand new fence. And, and I kind of went out there, and I was like, oh, man, like, these guys are incredible. I didn't help. Because that's, that's not what I do. I don't, like, go outside and get dirty. That's not my deal. Um, and I remember after about an hour, <laughs> me being inside, I walked outside, and they're covered in sweat, and they're like, the problem is we dig these holes. I'm Gatorade and some sandwiches. And the reason my fence was never put up because I was not willing to dig those holes. Mm-mm, was not willing. I think that some of the reason we don't see God moving in our lives and providing in our lives and overwhelming us with his goodness is because we're not willing to dig holes. You ever dug a hole? It ain't easy. After about five minutes, you want to give up. Because what are you doing? You're getting dirty. You're sweating, pushing past dirt. Think of everything that has to go on for these guys to dig these holes in the desert. How much, how much dirt do they have to push past? How much faith do they have to have that eventually they're going to hit water? Most of us, the reason that that we don't get to see God move in our lives is because we give up too soon. We stop trusting him in the midst of all the difficulty. I'm making it work. I'm doing everything I can. I'm giving all of my effort. I'm trying really hard. I, 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 think, I'm do I think this is what God wants me to do, but I'm tired. Have you ever been tired because of life? Have you ever been tired of trying? When we get tired of trying, we got to keep pushing. Because that's when we get to access what God has for us. The Bible says he kept digging and digging and digging. Listen, you have to decide in your life, dig or drought. You have a decision to make. Do I dig or do I deal with, doubt, with the drought? Do I dig? Do I keep trying with my spouse or do I deal with the drought? Do I dig? Do I keep trying at work? Or do I deal with the drought? Do I dig? Do I keep trying with my walk with Jesus? Or do I still keep sitting here in my hopelessness? The Bible says that they dug another well and they fought over it in verse 21. Just reminding us again that the water is there. It says in verse 22 that after they got into that fight, he moved away from there and he dug another well. 
and there was no one fighting them there. So they named it Rehoboth, and they said, this is where God has finally made room for us. So they've realized now is the time. After all of this time, now we're in the place where God's going to do something for us. And that's, that's the thing that I think we struggle with, trusting and waiting that God will show us what's next. Show us where we're supposed to go. It says, then he went up from there to Beersheba, and the Lord appeared to him that night. Immediately, when they got to the place where they needed to be, the reason that they kept getting no's is because God was leading them to the right place. I don't know if you see that. I don't want to get too preachy right now. I want to keep it real simple. The reason they got no is because there was a yes coming. And because that yes was not yet met, God had to keep telling them no. God had to keep allowing it to be a no through opposition so that it would lead them to the place where God wanted them to be. A lot of the no's that we receive, a lot of the opposition that we get, it's because God is trying to put us in a place where he can put us where we need to be. It says when they finally got to the place where they needed to be, that the Lord appeared to them that very night. And he said, I am the Lord. I am the God of your father, Abraham. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bless you and multiply your descendants for the sake of my servant, Abraham. I don't want you to miss that. The blessing that he receives is not because of the effort that he gives. It's because of his servant, Abraham. His father, Abraham. We talked about it last week. The reason we get to receive anything in our life is not because of our effort. It's not because of what we accomplish. It's simply because of Jesus. We get good things in our lives because of the grace of Jesus, because of the forgiveness that we receive from him. The things that we can be confident we'll receive from God are not the results of our good works. It's the result of what Jesus has done for us. So the Bible says, you can clap there. You can clap there. It says, for the sake of my servant Abraham. So he does something different, verse 25. So he built an altar there and called upon the name of the Lord and pitched his tent there. And there Isaac's servants dug a well. I want you to understand this. We'll get the band up here. We'll finish. That was fast, wasn't it? Real fast. Come on, let's get the band up here. Y'all play something real nice. Look at what this says. It says, he pitched his tent there, and then what? Dug a well. Okay. Hold on. You need to catch it. God said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bless you and multiply your descendants for the sake of my servant Abraham. So... So he built an altar there and called upon the name of the Lord and pitched his tent there. And there Isaac's servants dug a well. Okay, I want you to catch this. So and. So, meaning it was because of what God said that Isaac did all of this. Isaac was already being faithful when he was digging wells and trusting God. But the opposition had probably really taken its toll on him, and he needed to be reminded again. Some of y'all get really upset when we keep telling y'all the same things over and over and over again. Don't be afraid. Trust in God. 
have hope. The reason we repeat it over and over and over again because we know you need it. Here is Isaac. And although he's been trying, he needed to hear it one more time. I need to hear the word of God one more time. This is why you need to be in church every week. Because you're going to get to a place in your life where you're tired. Where you want to give up. And you need a fresh word. It might be the same word, but your soul needs it. He received the word that God was with him. So he built an altar. And I love that. And he called upon, he worshiped. And he pitched his tent. Don't miss that part. Here's where I want to land. What does it mean to pitch your tent? To settle. This is where I'm staying. He decided to stay there because he heard God's word. But then it says he did something else. Then he dug a well. Can I tell you that that's the opposite way that you're supposed to live? You don't ever settle where there isn't already flowing water. You don't settle unless you know for sure there's water here. Because you can't live without water. And yet Isaac pitches, I'm staying right here. And yet he does not know if there's water. Do you see it? He had already seen God move so faithfully in his life that when he finally got to the place, he didn't have to dig anymore. He knew God's got me. This is where he wants me. Provision is coming. So he he built an altar and he worshiped God and he pitched his tent and he said, I know that the water, the source of life is coming. It's It's not here yet, but it's coming. It says, so he dug a well. So many of us, we need to see all the proof up front before we make any any major decisions for following Jesus. So many of us, when it comes to following him, we have to have all of the answers up front before we can trust them. And that I would tell you that if you just looked back at your life, you would see all of the reasons to keep trusting God. Because you've seen him come through for you before. Because you've seen him work miracles in your life. Because you've seen him provide for you. And some of you are hesitating to trust God in this season. He's called you to settle down, to trust him. And you don't see the provision yet. And because of that, you're missing that the provision is on its way. And what he wants to do, it's on its way. And so you and I, we have to make that decision to trust him, even though we don't see it yet. Even though the numbers don't add up. Will you dig even though it doesn't feel good? Sometimes it doesn't feel good, this life. And yet we got to keep digging. Don't stop digging just because you face disappointments or you face opposition. Come to trust God that where he has you is right where he wants you. The Bible says that then they dug a well. 
we can end this story right there, but actually it gets better. I won't read it all. But verses 26 through 30 says that Abimelech, the king of the land, came to him and said, hey man, I know that God is with you. It actually says in verse 28, we see plainly that the Lord has been with you. We know that God is for you. We know that he's with you. So let's make a treaty. Let's make a treaty. Let's, let's do it so that we don't hurt you and you don't hurt us and that we help each other. All of a sudden, now God has taken Isaac and he's connected him with the king of the land and the king has sought after Isaac. And now the king wants to have a, a partnership with him. God blesses him and gives him this partnership with the king of the land, keeps him safe and secure in a land that he did not know. And yet God was doing all of this he gave him water to live there. So then it says in verse 32, after all of that, check this out. Now it came about on the same day, the same day that he made that treaty with that king, that Isaac's servants came in and told him about the well that they had dug. This is the well from verse 25. It said, we have found water you could read that and not understand why it's why it's in there I'll tell you why he was faithful enough to trust God even though they hadn't found the water yet you haven't found what you're looking for yet you don't have all the answers you're still looking you're still searching what if it's up to you to trust him before you find the answers what if it's up to you to work hard, to give your best effort, and to trust him with whatever you have before you find the water? I'm talking about your marriage. I'm talking about your children. I'm talking about your workplace, school. Give the effort now, trusting that the water will come. And I believe that you and I, we're going to stand there one day. Just like this see that God came through and we'll see that because we were faithful we would get to see his provision and each and every one of us will say we found water I didn't know that I would but we found it and maybe it's not water you're looking for maybe it's peace maybe it's hope maybe it's the ability to actually sleep at night without having to worry. I think that God wants to do that for every one of us. But are you willing to dig? Are you willing to try? Are you willing to dig in dry places? Are you willing to dig even though things don't look 100% the way you'd like them to look? Are you willing to push through the dirt until you see what God will do for you? I think that if we would do that, we see him answer all our prayers. Just stand with me and I want to pray for you. Just bow your heads. Heavenly Father, we're trusting you, God, with our lives. We're trusting you, God, with everything that we have. Lord, we know that you've called us to stay faithful even in difficult times. You've called us, Lord, to trust you even when things don't look 
100% the way we'd like them to look. God, we're going to dig. We're going we're gonna to settle our tent down in the place that we're at, and we're going to trust you. We're going to trust that the water is coming. We're going to trust that the supply is there, and we're going to wait for your provision. Whether it's in our marriages, whether it's in our homes, whether it's in our finances, whether it's in our families. God, we know that the supply is there. So God, we're creating an opportunity for the miracle to show by digging. We're going to dig until you provide. We're going to trust you to do what you have to do. Lord, I pray that you would bless every single family here. Encourage them throughout the week to keep trying, to give their best effort, to not give up, no matter how difficult the circumstances may be. We trust you today. We thank you for Jesus, and we thank you for the salvation that comes through him. The fact that we get all of this provision because of him. We thank you for him. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Put your hands together. Put your hands together.